Please open your Bible to the book of James, as we are going to uh, study God's Word together. Everyone living in this world will encounter trials. And this does not depend on what we believe. For Christians, though we have God in our lives, we will still meet various kinds of trials. In fact, since the beginning of human beings, there was a trial for Adam and Eve. After God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a command that they shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This command was a trial for them. To eat or not to eat is a matter of death and life. And we all know that by the enticement of Satan, Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They failed in their trial and were exiled from the Garden of Eden. Afterwards, God chose Israel as his own people to make them a kingdom of priesthood on the earth. When God delivered Israel from the slavery of Egypt and led them into the wilderness to test their faith, the first generation of Israel people failed in their trial and all died in the wilderness. Later, the second generation entered into the promised land of Canaan, but they still faced a test from God. In Judges chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now these are the nations that the Lord left to test Israel by them, that is, all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. And the wars between Israel and those nations around Israel were not only military, but also spiritual wars. We can see from Israel's history that they failed many times in their spiritual wars against those Gentile nations because they constantly chose Gentile idols over God. Finally, God's judgment came upon them. They were exiled from the Promised Land. So from the failure of Adam and Israel, we see first the source of our trials. Trials are from God himself. God would love to test us with trials, both for his own glory and for our good, so that we may humbly rely on God for help in our trials and receive reward from God after trials. From the failure of Adam and Israel, we can also see the weakness of man before trials. Because of human weakness, if left without God's help, we will easily fail in trials. So we cannot put trust in ourselves when we are in trials. But God, out of his mercy and grace, gave his son, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, and the new Israel to us, who had conquered every trial in his earthly life. So we can put our trust in him when we are in trials. 
Today, we are going to study James chapter 1, verse 9 through 15. In this passage, we will see God's help in our trials through His Son, Jesus Christ. And in order to pass our trials, we need to hold fast to three things. First, our identity in Christ. Second, our future hope. And third, a truth about God and ourselves. I'm going to read this passage in Chinese first and then in English. Please listen to God's word. 卑微的弟兄身高就该喜乐人被试探不可说我是被神试探因为神不能被恶试探他也不试探人但个人被试探乃是被他自己的私欲牵引诱惑的私欲既怀了胎就生出罪来罪既长成就生出死来那 in English Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation And the rich in his humiliation Because like a a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat, and withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, giving us your word to uh, enlighten us. We pray that your Holy Spirit work among us as we study your word, that we may understand your truth better, and that we may apply your truth in our life, that your name may be glorified among us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So among all the trials, there is one that is common to everyone. Whether you are poor, or you are rich, or whatever social status are you in, it is the trial of money. In the first part of this passage, James gives counsel both to the poor and the rich people under the trial of money. In verse 9, James said that, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. Here, the lowly brother represents those of lower social status and in a poor financial condition. From the context of this book, we know that James was writing to those Christians who were forced to leave Jerusalem and establish new homes in Syria and northern Palestine. 
Most of them were facing very tough financial situations. That's why when James called them lowly brother. But what amazes us is that James asked the lowly brother to boast in their exaltation. It is obvious that their, the word exaltation James used here was not referring to their social status or financial exaltation. Because those brothers were very poor Christians, then what did James mean by exaltation? So the Greek word for exaltation is hupsos. The same word is also used in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, to describe the place where the Spirit would descend from. Before Jesus ascended, he told his disciples to stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. This same word was also used in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, to describe what, where Christ has ascended to after his resurrection. It says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts. To men. Therefore, the exaltation James used here is indicating believers' spiritual identity, the exaltation of their spiritual identity. Because they have united with Christ through faith, their true identity is on high with Christ. Just as Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says, God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Brothers and sisters, do you know that after we put our faith in Jesus Christ, not only our sins were forgiven, but also we united to Christ, that we have been sitting with him in the heavenly places. This is what James told those Christians who were under the trial of money. Even though they were in a poor financial condition, they could still boast because their, their new identity was exalted with Christ. Because Christ is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, every created thing belongs to Him. He is the Lord of all. When a person puts his trust in Christ, he becomes a member of God's family, a fellow heir of the world, of the world with Christ. That new identity is a Christian's boast before the temporary trial of financial difficulties. Usually we think that money can be only a trial to those poor people. But for rich people, as they have enough money, money is not a trial for them at all. However, from the following words of James, we will see that money is a trial for both the poor and the rich. James continued to say to the rich people, let the rich boast in his humiliation. So in the context of persecution, those rich people would also be tested. They might be ostracized by their peers forced to move and discriminated by society because of their faith. And all these amethysts would bring financial loss to them. Under this, this contest, those rich people were experiencing humiliation. James gave them the same counsel as he gave to the poor 
people. He asked them to boast in their humiliation. If this humiliation only came from financial loss, there was nothing to boast. But from the spiritual perspective, this humiliation made the rich people united more deeply with Jesus Christ, who humbled himself to become man in order to save man. Their humiliation identified them with their suffering Savior. Therefore, their financial loss that was due to their faith in Christ had become their glory. They were persecuted for the sake of the gospel, and in their humiliation, they would be united and identified with Christ more deeply. For rich people, it was not only because of their financial loss that made it a trial, but also because rich people tended to rely on their wealth over God in their trials. So James continued to address to the rich people that they should not trust their wealth over God. He said that because, like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and visits the grass, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. If we rely on wealth more than God, we may experience temporary prosperity. But let's just like a flower of the grass, when God's righteous judgment, like sun, rises, no matter how much money we have, it cannot save us from God's judgment. So money can be a trial both to the poor and to the rich. We should not let money decide who we are, but hold fast. To our identity in Christ through faith, because money is temporary, but our identity in Christ is eternal. And only when we deeply identify ourselves with our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall not be blown away by the wind of pursuing money. After talking about the identity that we need to hold fast in our trials, James continued to talk about our hope. In trials, now we come to the second part of this passage: the hope we need to hold fast in our trials. So, in verse twelve, Sam said that blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love Him. Here, James gives the hope to those Christians who are in trials. When they have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life. What does James mean by crown of life? In order to understand this expression, we need to know that in James' time, when people mentioned about crown, the first image came into their mind was not a crown put on a queen or a king, but often the laurel wreath given to the winners in athletic competition. Paul also used this image at First、uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-five. There he said that every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable race, but we an imperishable. So when James used the word crown, he was trying to compare those Christians in trials with those athletes in competition. Those athletes were trying to receive a perishable race, 
But Christians enduring through trials in their life journey would receive an imperishable crown of life. That crown of life is the eternal life promised by God to those who love God and remain steadfast in every trial. Just like Jesus said to those suffering Christians in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, that be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Here we also see God's good purpose behind our trials, that is, to give eternal life to his people. God's good purpose to give eternal life to man started from the very beginning. If Adam and Eve did not fail in their test by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would eat from the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Then they would have eternal life. But they failed in the trial, and sin came into the world, through which a lot of more trials came to man. Brothers and sisters, do you know how many trials do we need to endure in our whole life? I don't know the exact number, but I know it is definitely not just one trial as Adam and Eve once had before the fall. As long as we live in this world, we will experience different kinds of trials. Trials in work, trials in marriage, trials of health issues, trials for the sake of the gospel. Sometimes in our seemingly unending trials, we cried out, How long, O Lord? Where can we find our help in our trials and long sufferings? I think James' word to those Christians in trials of persecution is also a comfort for us who are experiencing trials today. Their hope to receive the crown of life after all their trials is also our hope. We are like those athletes who exercise self-control in everything in order to receive a race. We remain steadfast in our trials to receive eternal life. It may seem long when we are right in the midst of trials, but compared to the eternal life which God is going to reward us, trials and the sufferings of this life are short. And in our hope, we can have victory over our trials in this life and count them as joy. Amen. This is the hope from our God, and we need to hold fast to it in our trials. So brothers and sisters, we have such a good God. He has a good purpose for us. He will reward us with eternal life after our trials in this life. We should put our hope in God's good purpose for us. However, as a wise and experienced pastor, James knew that trials would not always bring people re uh, make people respond God goodness with hope. Sometimes trials would make them doubt about God's goodness and lead them astray from God. That's why after talking about the hope we need to hold fast to when we are in trials, James immediately gave a truth about God and ourselves, which we need to hold fast in our trials, so that we may not doubt God's good character in our trials. Now we come to the third part of this passage, a truth we need to hold fast in our trials. When we are under trials, we are not only tested by God for good, we are also tempted by Satan for evil. 
Trial and temptation are like two sides of the same coin. When people do not understand the distinction between trial and temptation, it is easy to confuse them, and some people may even take their temptation as from God. Especially when sufferings are heavy in trials, he may ask a series of questions: God, if you are Almighty and love, why would you allow this happen to me? If you allow this evil happen to me, are you really all good? Do you still love me? We can imagine that some believers whom James addressed to were in such confusion. They were tempted by the devil. They were doubting God's good character. So James said to them in verse 13, "Let no one say when he is tempted, 'I am being tempted by God,' for God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one." The reason why God tempts no one is because God cannot be tempted with evil. This means, like in God, there is no evil. There is nothing bad, evil, or wrong in God. But everything in God is good and true. So, out of all this, all good and truth for God, there can be no evil. Just like a sweet spring, there can be no bitter water coming out from it. So, God does not tempt anyone. Because temptation is evil, its purpose is to bring is is to brings one to destruction. So temptation cannot be from God. From Scripture, we see that temptation is from Satan, who constantly tempts men for evil. Since the beginning of man, Satan was there to tempt Adam and Eve, and Satan's way of temptation was always through. Distorting God's word and stimulating our desire to disobey God, just like what He did to Eve in the garden, temptation targets on our sinful desire. That's why in verse 14 to 15, James continues to talk about temptation from the perspective of human desire. In verse 14, it says, "But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed." By his own desire, here James tells us that the reason why men may be tempted is because there is desire inside us. First, we need to know that man was created by God with desire before the fall. So, desire is part of God's good creation. For everything created by God is good. But we also see that desire in itself can be vulnerable before temptation. That's why before the fall, when man was all was not a slave to sin, their desire tended to be tempted, and after the fall, it got even worse. For sin came into the world and made our desire sinful. All men became became slaves of their sinful desires after the fall. With this sinful desire, in, desire inside us, we are even more vulnerable to be tempted by Satan. If in our temptation we don't resist it with God's word, but give in to it, then desire will give birth to sin, and sin will bring forth death. Once again, we see the distinction between God's trial and Satan's temptation. God's trial for us is to reward us with eternal life. But Satan's temptation to us is to bring us death. Satan and our sinful desire are evil, but God 
is all good. This is the truth about God and ourselves. We need to hold fast to it in our trials, so we can make a distinction between trial and temptation, so we may not doubt God's character, but humble us before God, fear Him, and seek wisdom from Him. Well, we are under trials and temptation. Brothers and sisters, we have seen all the three aspects James gives us in this passage to endure and have victory over trials: the identity, the hope, and the truth. All these three aspects converge on our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to hold fast to our identity, our hope, and the truth. In Jesus Christ, it is Jesus who humbled Himself and took flesh to become a man and died on the cross for all sinners. It is Jesus who ascended into heaven after resurrection to sit at the right hand of God Himself. So our new identity comes from what Jesus had accomplished in His life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Whether we are in exaltation or in humiliation, we can always boast in our trials because of our identity in Jesus Christ.、Amen. As for our hope, it is also Jesus who will give us eternal life as a reward of enduring trials in this life. Therefore, we can have hope in our prolonged sufferings and trials in this life, because we will receive the crown of life, because there is life in Jesus Christ. As for the truth, it is also Jesus who is the ultimate manifestation of the goodness of God. Through His death on the cross for sinners like you and me, we never need to doubt God's good character. And we can take confidence from this. When Jesus was on earth, on, on earth, he also went through many trials and temptations, but he did not fail any of it. He had victory over every trial and temptation for us. He obeyed God in all his life, and he has given his righteousness to us who believe in him. It is not because of our own endurance or performance in our trials that we can be accepted by God, but because Jesus' perfect, obedient life, we could be accepted by God. Jesus' perfect life is the comfort, hope, and help when we are in trials. Praise Him. After studying these passages, what does it remind us in our daily life? Today, for us who live in the United States, we are not faced with severe persecution as the believers in James' day. America is one of the wealthiest countries in the world. We are not fighting poverty as some believers do in other parts of the world. But this does not mean we don't have the trial of money. Quite the opposite. We are almost in the most dangerous form of the trial of money. Because wealth and money have become the biggest idol here, people from all over the world come here to make money and to seek a happy life guaranteed by money. Seeking wealth in this country is encouraged by every class of the society. So we are also in this trial of money. 
if not discern, we may also rely on wealth and money more than God Himself. We may also build our identity and safety on our wealth, but not in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in our time, while most people are pursuing wealth, as Christians, we should live out a life different from this world's measure. We don't let pursuing wealth be our first priority, but serving the Lord takes the first place. We make money not only for our own families, but also for generously giving to those in need. We don't make safety and uh, we don't make our safety and identity rest on how much money we have, but on Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. At last, I love to speak some words to our friends today who are still seeking to know God. Dear friends, we all will experience trials and sufferings in our lives. There is no way to escape from them, no matter how rich you are. However, there is a merciful and almighty God who would love to become our help in our trials and sufferings. He has already given His Son, Jesus Christ, to us, who died on the cross for our sins and resurrected from death three days later, in order that whoever comes to Jesus and put trust in Him will be saved from their failure of trials and receive eternal life in the end. So friends, see, we have such a Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't hesitate to come to Him. Put your trust in Him and accept Him as your Lord. He will save you and give eternal life to you. May God bless all who listen and obey His word. Amen.